0: Hi there, and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent to get the natural resources that you need to get the optimum results for your child. And as you know, uh, my son was once diagnosed with autism, and I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies, and basically good luck. That would be about all we would be able to do for him, and we would be managing symptoms but my background as a craniosacral therapist and in holistic health let me know that the brain and body can and do heal if they have the right support and you get toxins out of the way but I really had to do a lot of research to figure out what it was that I needed to do for my son And so it took me about over a decade, and now 14 years later, my son is fully recovered from his symptoms of autism. So I am on a quest to share these resources with you as a parent who is obviously here looking for those resources so that you can know what to do for your own child. And I've created a free online workshop for you, which which sort of walks you through the four stages to naturally recover from the symptoms of autism so you can get a better idea of the kinds of things it takes, what I'm talking about, give you some more information. And in that, the four stages are stage one, healing the gut, stage two, natural heavy metal detoxification, stage three, clearing the co-infections, which are things like mold, lime, and strep. And then also stage four would be brain support and repair once all of that is done and along the way as well. So you can get that free workshop at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. No spaces, just free workshop. And a lot of parents wonder, you know, can you really recover your child from autism? And that's why I'm here to share with you that I've done that for my son and many parents around the world are doing that for theirs as well. And the definition of recovery is to regain health. And today we are going to talk about the subject of stress and how it affects our kids. Now they have ongoing internal stresses from ongoing inflammation and toxic overload, immune reactions and internal infections. And that will create an, a stress response that continues ongoing for the body, and and cortisol and adrenals and things like that. We'll talk about that today when they are turned on regularly, and they get worn out. And then there's something called the HPA axis and the importance of that on cortisol. Now, HPA stands for hypothalamic pituitary axis. And don't worry, we're going to explain all of that with you today. And in case you're out driving your car or out on your morning walk, when uh, I have created a page for you that you can go refer back to for any links that we uh, talk to, and the page will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash the number forty four zero. So com forward slash 40. And um, that will be where uh, today's show notes will be at for you in the future. And we are fortunate to have a, a specialist with us here today on the HPA access and the importance of cortisol. And we're going to talk all about that. We have Dr. Anju Usman Singh with us today. She is director and owner of True Health Medical Center and Pure Compounding Pharmacy in Naperville, Illinois. She specializes in biomedical interventions for children with ADD, autism, PANDAS or PANS, which is streptococcal-type related infections or not, Down syndrome and related disorders. She has, invol- she has been involved in research regarding copper and zinc imbalances, metallic thionine dysfunction and biofilm related infections and hyperbaric oxygen therapy. She serves on the medical advisory boards for TACA, which is the Autism Community in Action, and Autism Hope Alliance, as well as serving in faculty for MAPS which is Medical Academy for Pediatric Special Needs. Dr. Usman Singh received her medical degree from Indiana University and completed a residency in family practice at Cook County Hospital in Chicago, Illinois. She is board certified in family practice and integrative and holistic medicine. So, Dr. Usman, thank you so much for being here today. I greatly appreciate your, your time and your expertise on this subject. I know that you are quite the expert on this, so thank you for being here with us.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, everything you said in your intro is very near and dear to my heart as well.
0: It's so important that uh, all of the pieces are covered. I mean, and I, I talk to parents a lot, and they most of them will maybe knows to do something about diet but that's about all they know and they often don't know the right things to do with diet even and want to make sure that to get the optimum results, people know that the other pieces of detoxification and these co-infections and everything really need to be worked with, that it's a, a bigger picture. And um, and I, I, I have a, a program where I offer that guidance to them. So yeah, it's important to me as a mom who has lived through this and gone through the, the process of having a child being diagnosed with autism and then trying to figure out what to do. I just want to be able to make that simpler and easier for the parents out there so that they can get results faster and easier and um and safely as well you know the natural resources are so important. And so let's let's talk, talk about this HPA axis and and the importance of cortisol. So um for you know we may have listeners who this is completely brand new to. So if you could sort of give a little background on the the hypothalamic-pituitary axis and then, you know, we'll move into the stress response and cortisol?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, when we use that term HPA, um, H stands for hypothalamus and P stands for pituitary and A stands for adrenal. And then we throw the word in axis because they kind of play on one another. So the hypothalamus helps our body with homeostasis. It keeps things in balance. And it sends out these signals or like releasing hormones that then tell the pituitary what to do. And the hypothalamus and pituitary sit in the brain. And then the pituitary sends out signals to the rest of the body. There are different stimulating hormones. Like one one um, example is TSH thyroid stimulating hormone it comes from the pituitary and then it stimulates the thyroid which is away from the brain so today we're talking about um, how this hypothalamus pituitary and then the signal to the adrenals Um, the signal from the pituitary is called ACTH and it stimulates the adrenals To go into action and the adrenals are these small glands that sit on top of our kidneys and their main function and they they have a lot of great functions but one of their main function is to help us deal with stress and the stress hormone that the adrenals produce is called cortisol. And the axis piece comes back in because when we turn this axis on, it has a negative feedback to turn itself off again. And that kind of helps keep it all in balance. So there's this um, crosstalk between what happens in the brain, what happens in the adrenals in our body, and then what happens back to turn on and turn off this response.
0: So when we have ongoing stress, how is it affecting our health? I mean, the chronic, you know, stress response wears wears them down, correct?
1: Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about our children who are diagnosed with the symptoms of autism. And you and I both know that their symptoms are manifestations of what's happening in their body. And oftentimes there's a lot of stressors, not only what you and I think of as a stressor, just like a psychosocial stressor, For them, many of our children have like sensory overloads, Um, light bothers them, sound bothers them, noises, but just being nonverbal and just our demands, um, um, those types of psychosocial stressors can put a stress on this HPA axis. And then additionally, those other physical ones.
0: So we've got the, the internal stressors from the things like inflammation, toxins, et cetera. But then, of course, with the sensory overload, they've got all, all the uh, the external ones. So they're com- constantly g- bombarded. So we're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism and I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us. We will be right back and we will continue this discussion. Have you ever wondered
2: why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a
0: Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are talking about The HPA axis and the importance of cortisol, or basically what that means for you, is how chronic stress is affecting your child. And we're going to get into some of the health related issues that uh, that that can affect uh, and what to look for and to to know uh, how to test as well. Today, we have Dr. Anju Usman Singh with us, who is an expert in this field. And before the break, we were starting to talk a little bit about some of those long term effects of chronic stress and what those stressors are. So, Dr. Uzman, do you mind just, just kind of, for anybody who might be just tuning in, just go over uh, some of those out external and internal stressors again real quick, and then we'll move into how that is affecting the child and what to look for?
1: Sure. So, as we know, our children who are diagnosed with autism have a lot of um, potential uh, stressors on their system. And a psychosocial kind of sensory overload or demands on them um, from a language perspective, which could be, you know, creating some anxiety in them. Um, but they also have these metabolic stressors, and the metabolic stressors come from dietary toxins or dietary foods that create inflammation like casein and gluten, potentially sugar, um, other potential stressors for our kids or are- food allergens or um, allergens from the environment or even uh, environmental toxins like chemicals and endocrine disruptors and um, pesticides and herbicides and heavy metals. And then another, um, two other big stressors for our kids are infections. Many of our kids' immune systems aren't perfect, and chronic stress actually affects the immune system, and they are prone to potential chronic infections in their sinuses or ears or throat and um, things like Lyme disease might affect our, our patients as well. So that's another big stressor. And then an, uh, another potential big stressor are pharmaceutical agents that can lead to uh, a stress reaction in the system. And, you know, our kids, you guys deal with the kids. Many of them, don't manifest stress the way you and I would. So when we get stressed out, what do we do? Um, We might express our anger, or we may say something, or we may even shut down, but many of our kids express their stress by fight and flight responses. Um, They may run or elope. Some of them might get aggressive or have meltdowns or temper tantrums. Anxiety may be another way. Um, Sleep can be affected. For some of the kids when they're really stressed out and then some of them to maintain this homeostasis and this balance in the body that's off because of the stress, they end up with things like OCD and rigidity and the need for sameness, because
0: that kind of helps keep their stress response down. And so what kinds of things um, might parents want to look for? Uh, if they're if they're having a chronic uh, stress response,
1: yeah, so when you're under chronic stress, the body produces cortisol and it can affect um a lot of different areas. One of the big areas that it can affect is sleep, and it's a big issue for a lot of our kids when our cortisol is high um, our adrenals produce two um Uh, neurotransmitters, epinephrine and norepinephrine. They're basically adrenaline. So when you're on adrenaline, you're kind of in that fight-and-flight mode. You're not ready to sleep or fall asleep. So if cortisol stays high at night, you you have trouble falling asleep. The opposite could be true if our patients have chronic stress. Some of them end up with chronic fatigue, and that causes low cortisol. And when cortisol is low at night, um, patients have trouble maintaining their blood sugar and they may wake up in the middle of the night with like a hypoglycemic effect or sweating um, and then they'll wake up because they're hungry so sleep is a big um, one that's impacted by chronic stress another big one is GI function um, high cortisol suppresses a really important um, immunoglobulin in our gut called immunoglobulin a and so then our immune system in our gut gets affected by chronic stress. And this leads to potential food allergies and food sensitivities. And it also leads to things like low motility in the gut. So a lot of my patients end up with like chronic constipation and poor movement of um, gas through the colon. And if that happens, um, the gas and the, um, the um, toxins in the body build up and that could lead to things like aggression and even like colic and pain. So, you know, sleep, the GI tract, the immune system, Um, another big one that stress affects is our thyroid. So when we're under chronic stress, um, our thyroid can't make our active hormone, which is called T3. So, high cortisol inhibits the ability of the inactive thyroid called T4 to make the active thyroid called T3. So, many of our our kids end up with this abnormal T4 and T3 numbers and doctors look at that and say everything looks normal overall and they're never really treated for these underlying kind of weird um, thyroid functions. But probably the biggest thing that the high cortisol impacts is blood sugar. So when we have this problem with high cortisol over time, and so when we think of our kids, we think they're under stress constantly. And the stress started early on in life, you know, and it's not something that goes away easily. So this chronic level of stress over years and years, what happens is that In boys, in girls, it causes things like insulin resistance and pre-diabetes. Some of our boys end up with belly fat and gynecomastia, which is man boobs. And many of our young girls end up with something called PCOS, which is called polycystic ovarian syndrome, which um, leads to high testosterone kind of issues in the girls.
0: That's interesting too, because we do see high, higher testosterone in a lot of kids with a lot of girls with autism as well um, and it can can create some some of those higher uh, stress the stress response creating higher, as, uh, like, aggressive issues. Um, so we're going to we're gonna continue with this discussion when we come back. We're going to take a short break right here, and then um, and we'll move into uh, a little bit more about um, things, you know, explaining more of this and what you can do. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay- Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you for being here with us and being a proactive parent, getting the resources you need, the natural resources to help your child recover from their symptoms of autism and remembering recovery, the definition of recovery is to regain health. And today we're talking about the stress response, something called the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. And you've. Commonly, probably heard the word adrenals, and they have everything to do with stress. And so, um, why don't we we have Dr. Anju Usman sing with us today, who is a specialist in this field? And um, Dr. Usman, I'm thinking it, it would be great if we talked a little bit more about a- adrenals in general. So uh, the adrenal function, so parents can get a good idea of, you know, what what they what they do and how, maybe how they're affected as well.
1: Sure. So as I mentioned before, when we're under stress, our um, hypothalamus um, sends out a signal to our pituitary. And our pituitary sends a signal to our adrenal glands to produce different things to help us handle stress. And so our adrenal glands sit on top of our kidneys. And there's two parts to the adrenal. There's the outside part, which is called the cortex, and the inside part, which is called the medulla. And the outside part of the adrenals produce hormones and so when you think of hormones you think of what estrogen and testosterone and DHEA and progesterone. Two other hormones that the adrenal cortex makes is um, a hormone called aldosterone which helps with um, sodium and potassium regulation and then um, the cortex also makes cortisol. And so the inside of the adrenal gland is called the medulla and that makes our neurotransmitters epinephrine and norepinephrine that handle stress so it's really interesting because the things that make all these hormones in the adrenal glands the main precursor is cholesterol so you guys might think cholesterol is bad but there's really this concept of good and bad cholesterol and many of our patients actually 50% of children with autism have very low cholesterol we're looking for a cholesterol of above 150 so somewhere between 150 and 200 is pretty ideal especially um, during puberty because cholesterol makes our hormones Um, it makes pregnenolone which helps make progesterone Um, it makes dhea and estrogen and testosterone cortisol and aldosterone so it's extremely important um, the, the bad rap that cholesterol gets is because sometimes it gets oxidized. And oxidized cholesterol is really basically fried or heated um, fat um, that's saturated that can cause oxidative stress and inflammation in our blood vessels. So when we're saying that our kids need cholesterol, we're saying they need good cholesterol for
0: healthy adrenal function, healthy adrenal support. So if there's LDL and HDL, so the LDL, even though it says like low, it's not oh, not really what we're necessarily looking for. We're looking for the higher levels, which are actually better because then, and is it, and I'm remembering, isn't it that cholesterol is somehow um, regulated somewhat by the liver? Like if there are a lot of toxins in the body that it interrupts this, the cholesterol process, is that correct? trying to remember back.
1: I think it's, I think that it's more like if there's a lot of toxins, there's a lot of oxidation, and then our mm-hmm. good fats become oxidized, and then those high density lipoproteins or those HDL fats end up to be very low density um, fats. They're called VLDLs or LDLs, and those are the ones that can cause atherosclerosis and oxidation um, in our endothelial lining in our blood vessels. So when we're talking about adrenal function, we really need to make sure that our cholesterol is in the right place, that we have the good cholesterol because we need it to make healthy adrenal glands um, and healthy hormones. And so that's an important test to have run. Another important thing to, that we might want to think about is to look at what's happening with cortisol in our body. Um, as, as you guys know, when you wake up in the morning – you wake up fresh and happy with a lot of energy. And you need, you need our, we need our cortisol first thing in the morning to be high. So we need a high cortisol first thing in the morning, pop out of bed with lots of energy to, um, to face our day. And then over the day, think of it kind of like a ski slope. As we come through our day, we just kind of go down that slope. And as we make it to the end of the day, that cortisol should be low. And that helps us to kind of get into that normal sleep and that normal sleep pattern so we can relax um, and fall asleep. And then overnight, our cortisol stays low, and then first thing in the morning, it kind of pops up again. So there's this what we call a diurnal pattern to cortisol, and this patterning in many of our kids can be disrupted. So oftentimes, I'll see low cortisol in the morning. They don't want to wake up. They don't want to face their day. They're cranky. They're irritable. And then high cortisol at night. Time to go to sleep. No, we're not falling asleep. Uh, We're not able to stay asleep. So it's so important to have this pattern of cortisol in a a kind of a, a normal homeostasis.
0: And what is throwing off, uh, well, first of all, the cholesterol. Fifty percent of children with autism have low cholesterol. Uh, what are you finding is usually some, or some of the main reasons why?
1: Well, that's a great question because, you know, we, we think about, you know, cortisol, cholesterol, I'm sorry, as being, you know, a bad fat. But when we think about fat, we think, okay, how do we absorb it? It's really important to be able to absorb our good fats. And many of our kids have dysbiosis Um, they have um, an inability to digest food appropriately due to lack of great enzyme function in the gut and so too much bad bacteria yeast overgrowth um, toxicity in the gut um, heavy metal overload can affect our enzyme production and inhibit our ability to absorb um, good fats like cholesterol but some other good fats like our essential fatty acids, our omega 3, 6s, and 9. And then our essential, um, our, um, our good fat-soluble antioxidants like vitamins A, D, E, and K. So I see many of my patients with this kind of GI um, issues have this fat malabsorption pattern. And it's not just
0: cholesterol. Right. Yeah. And the enzymes are really important, as you said. And and our kids aren't really, uh, if the gut's not working well, then the enzymes aren't being made properly that we would naturally make. And so they don't have the enzymes, the natural enzymes in their body to break these foods down. I'll I'll be doing an interview uh, very soon with an enzyme specialist. um, So, Stay tuned to the radio show in the future for that one which will be coming up uh, I believe in the next few weeks and we'll cover that at length. Um, we need to take a short break right here but uh, please stay with us. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas. Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas and today we are talking about the stress response and cortisol also known as the HPA axis or the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis and uh, we've been talking about some of the symptoms to look for and the causes behind this as well, um, like the, the cholesterol issue that we mentioned in the last segment and uh, some of the tests. It's very important to test throughout the day because cortisol levels change. If you're getting a morning, if your doctor prescribes, you know, says go to the lab and get a morning blood test and see where it's at, but that's not going to give you uh, the proper uh, um, uh, analytics that you need to find out what's really going on because where it is in the morning there's usually about four different times of a day that that these tests are taken there are um, often uh, it's either urine or there's a salivary test as well that can be taken where they'll you know you want to test in the morning and then you know late morning and then afternoon and then in evening so you know what how it's moving up and down throughout the day and also I know as a parent of a child who once had autism it's almost a little easier at times to have your child be a little bit more lethargic not that it's great but be more lethargic then when they get into the aggression uh, and the, um, you know, there can even be violence with some kids. And so, and, and you, as a parent, can really be concerned about them doing danger to themselves or to somebody else. And this is a symptom also of this cortisol stress response. So, Dr. Usman, can you talk just a little bit about that, like what, what, what's kind of triggering the, the uh, more of the aggressive issue, and then we will get into what you can do as a parent to to help to balance some of this out. But I thought that this is such a strong topic, and so many parents are dealing with the aggressive issue and need help with it. So if you could give a little background as to why.
1: Yeah, well, you know, we might think that one of the possibilities for the aggression would be when we're under stress, our adrenals are stimulated, and the adrenals produce a bunch of epinephrine and norepinephrine, and that causes that kind of fight and fight reaction. Um, the sympathetic nervous system gets turned on, our, the pupils dilate, they get sweaty, um, and um, they might want to react in that way, um, kind of in a you know fight uh, mode. So that would have to do with high epinephrine and norepinephrine. But you might see that, again, with the, the dilated pupils, the sweaty, the high, um, the rapid heartbeat. But another potential reason for the high androgens or the high hormones or regression would be blood sugar. Because as I mentioned before, um, if the cortisol stays chronic, what happens is that girls convert their estrogen to testosterone. And sometimes um, the estrogens then in the body are converted to testosterone. And so that could lead to uh, further aggression. So there's, there's different reasons for um, these kinds of behaviors. But the, the treatment for that, are they're very similar. The treatment would be to help kind of regulate blood sugar, regulate diet and lifestyle, um, and then get adrenal get the adrenals to start to function more normal. So if they're hyperactive, we want to kind of downregulate them. And then they're hypoactive, we want to upregulate them. And a really um, neat way to do that is using herbs called adaptogens.
0: So the adaptogens. So you watch for the symptoms, and basically you know if your child needs upregulation because they are uh, maybe a little bit too lethargic, then 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 you know they need upregulation. And then if they're too hyper or assertive, uh, aggressive, then they're needing downregulation. So which herbal adaptogens do you uh, do you like to use for each?
1: Yeah. So again. Um, adaptogens the term adaptogens really mean that these herbs can be used either way. So they adapt. So um herbs such as ginseng, ashwagandha, holy basil are some of my favorite herbs to use because if adrenal function is hyper, it brings it down and if adrenal function is hypo or low, it brings it up. So it's mod they're very modulatory Um, so in general if you want to bring down cortisol things like ginseng um, ginseng extracts are very calming and can bring down cortisol but like I mentioned some people have low cortisol in the morning and in that case I like to use an herb called licorice root and licorice root helps to actually increase cortisol function So we can use these kinds of herbs like licorice in the morning to upregulate cortisol and then something like ashwagandha or holy basil in the evening to downregulate cortisol. So um, the herbs can be um, very calming throughout the day.
0: Yeah, I have actually had personal success with these as well. Um this solid licorice act, uh, extract I find very very helpful helpful as, as well as ashwagandha. Um and, and it's important, too, if, if you're listening, that you get standardized type of herbs or, or ones that are higher quality and you know the, the correct uh, dosage for your child because they're, of course, going to vary depending on your child's age and weight and things that are going on um, there as well. And then exercise I have found to be um Very important, Uh, even with my own daughter and myself. If it, if that it's it's a good uh, stress release or so. If you can get your child out, you know, take them to the park, let them play, let them run, you know, if they need to. Uh, The same thing, a a child gets in trouble in school sometimes, and they get punished by losing their recess. And I (laughs) think the teachers are just, you know shooting themselves in the foot with that when they're 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 not allowing the child to go out and get the energy out that's overbuilt up. So do you have any other suggestions uh, there around exercise? Oh,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I usually, you know, when our cortisol is up, like I mentioned, our epinephrine, our norepinephrine goes up, and then that causes a sympathetic response in the body. Um, and that sympathetic nervous system you know, run by epinephrine and norepinephrine balances a different nervous system called the parasympathetic, and the parasympathetic nervous system is kind of the rest and digest piece that many of our kids are missing, and that whole system is run by a nerve called the vagus nerve, um, and that nerve really needs calming, and and so there are a lot of things, like you mentioned, exercise, but even things like breathing, um, humming, singing, um, hippotherapy can help upregulate that vagus nerve.
0: Yeah, it, taking three really deep breaths um, it's, it's surprising what that can do to, to help calm your system down, too, the way that it affects your nervous system. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there's some some simple things like that uh, that a child could learn to do in their own classroom uh, if that's happening to them as well in the moment. Uh, we need to take a short break right here again, but uh, we will be right back and we'll continue with this uh, with a little bit more about what you can do for your child for to help calm down these adrenal responses. So stay with us. You're listening to Naturally Recovery. Autism. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are talking with Dr. Anju Usman Singh about the stress response in our children and cortisol and how that is affecting their health and their behavior. And uh, we were talking about lifestyle before the break, a little bit about uh, uh, some herbal adaptogens that can help either way to help balance out uh, if your child is uh, more on the hyperactive end or... Or on the lower uh, lethargic end, how things can be balanced out a little bit and help the adrenals function and uh, why don't we touch a little bit on diet because I know that diet is very important we've mentioned more than once now how much blood sugar is affected by this adrenal issue and I know for myself I carry nuts around I have to care you know I keep my blood sugar balanced with a little bit of protein um, connected with a, a healthy fat if possible so um, so that my blood sugar stays regulated because I tend to have that sensitivity as well um, so Dr. Usman can you give some tips on uh, the diet realm and what, what, uh, what things are helpful for parents to do with their children to help balance out these blood sugar and cortisol issues there?
1: Yeah, diet. um, When I ask my patients what therapies help them the most, the number one treatment for many of our kids by far is dietary interventions. And in terms of dealing with the stress response, probably the main concept for um, dealing with this hypothalamus pituitary axis is um, foods, we don't want foods to trigger this hormonal system even more. So the number one thing I tell parents is, our kids aren't doing a great job balancing their blood sugar and their hormones. So we don't want to give them more hormones. So avoid animal products with estrogens, um, that you know, especially things like dairy, um, eggs, or meat that are coming from animals that are injected with hormones like estrogen. Um, That's a big one. The other thing that can affect our hormone or endocrine system are um, products called endocrine disruptors. They're chemicals that disrupt this whole axis. And um, things like, you guys have probably heard, like BPA um, that's found in... um, different products or phthalates that are found in things like plastic water bottles um, and perfumes or cosmetics Um, we also want to avoid herbicides and pesticides and these these kinds of chemicals disrupt this whole system that we're really trying to get back in balance and so they really undermine our ability to maintain a good hormone balance um, those are two big concepts. And then the third would be to limit and avoid sugar at all costs. Because any time we eat sugar, it causes our cortisol levels to go up. Um, it stimulates the liver uh, to produce more glucose to handle that stressor. And that causes cortisol to increase. And so maintaining a normal blood sugar. So, you know, um, eating three meals and three snacks and not trying to kind of gorge on carbs in one particular meal, kind of spread them out throughout the day Um, and also to eat a fair amount of protein to maintain that blood sugar and a fair amount of fat. Um, Some of the new fad-type diets these days are like paleo-type diets and ketogenic diets. But, you know, to be honest with you, in children, um, many of our children... Um, really need some grains in their diet. They need some carbs to give them kind of quick energy because of their activity level. And many of our patients with autism also have something called mitochondrial um, dysfunction where because they're under chronic stress, another area that's also inhibited is their mitochondrial function. So they don't produce the energy um, that they need at the time they need it. So I do feel that many of these kids do need a little bit of carb, um, a little bit of grain um, throughout the day to to maintain sugar. So um, just kind of that low estrogen, low hormone diet, um, chemical-free diet, um, a low sugar type diet. And then another thing um, I think that they should try to avoid are foods that are called excitotoxins. Um, As I mentioned, this high cortisol, causes a lot of excitation in the body, Um, it causes excess epinephrine and norepinephrine which causes hyperactivity and anxiety and stimming type behavior and again we don't want to add to that with um, things that excite the brain even more, Um, these are called excitotoxins, things like NutraSweet, um, monosodium glutamate or MSG is a big one. Caffeine is another big one, Um, aspartate, red and yellow food dyes, um, nitrites and sulfites in foods, and then high fructose corn syrup. So those would be the kind of the main dietary um, interventions that I I would like um, patients with these types of issues to follow.
0: Well, and there are a lot of uh, unhealthy foods that we just don't need to be eating anyway. I mean, high fructose corn syrup is, you know, I mean, it's, it's such a strong sugar that it, it, Probably, I would imagine, just sends the adrenals through the roof just just by ingesting mm-hmm. it in the first place. And um, yeah, monosodium glutamate. And people think, oh, my child's gaining weight because I've got issues, so they'll give them diet drinks, which are awful. Not only are they loaded with chemicals, but they have so many of the um, like things like like you mentioned, the NutraSweet and the you know the uh, aspartame, which uh, aspartame and monosodium glutamate are these these known excitotoxins that literally excite the brain cells to death. They kill them, and so. So the the extremity, the, the extreme activity that they create uh, for the cortisols could could just, um, you know, I'm sure just be, uh, uh, you know, so detrimental for them. And I'm sure a parent would see a change in um, in their child's behavior pretty quickly by um, by ingesting some of these foods. So that is a, a pretty strong indication for you as a parent. If you see these things happen after your child eats certain foods, you know you need to avoid those foods as well. So you've also met, you've mentioned some good adrenal adaptogens too, so um do you have other things for adrenal support in particular um that you you might want to suggest is there anything yeah. else um,
1: yeah, the adrenals um need a lot of um as I mentioned before actually mitochondrial support they need the B vitamins like um that our mitochondria need um so things like um A fair amount of bees that can come from green leafy vegetables or a a good mitochondrial support type supplement. Um, Carnitine, CoQ10 can also help with adrenal function and um, vitamin C and iodine, which is interesting because iodine can also help um, not just our thyroid, but our adrenals as well.
0: Yeah, I do know it's uh, very important for the thyroid, um, but uh, I guess I didn't realize how much, I mean, the thyroid and the adrenals directly affect each other, so it makes sense. But So that, by taking something for iodine, it's not only helping your thyroid, but it's helping your adrenals then too, correct? Correct, correct. Mm Yeah. Okay. Uh, We're going to take a short break right here. And um, when we come back, uh, we will kind of wrap up the show and give you some last thoughts and some good uh, things that uh, kind of summarize what we've gone through. Make sure you've got some, hopefully some good tips here on looking for what you can do to help your child when you see some of these symptoms arise. Stay with us. You are listening to Natural Recovering Autism. Have you ever wondered why some
2: children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it.
0: Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we've been talking with Dr. Anju Uzman Singh who is an MD who specializes in the adrenal and cortisol functioning which we call the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis and we've given you a lot of great tips here about how to balance out the adrenal system and number one you really want to work with the diet uh, and using the tips that that uh, that We've shared here with giving, uh, making sure you're getting some good uh, balance of proteins. You're staying away from high sugars, high fructose corn syrups, so some of the uh, monosodium glutamate, aspartame, fake sweeteners, uh, any of the pesticides or hormo- foods injected with hormones. I mean, basically, bottom line, you're looking at you want to eat organic. You want to eat as healthy as possible. Uh, buy from your farmer's market, from people that you trust for good local sources. And that, uh, you know, the foods are natural. They've been grown out of Ground. They don't contain a lot of any food colorings or anything like that. Uh, Diet and exercise being key, some adrenal adaptogens like holy basil or ashwagandha. And again, I will link to all of these things in the uh, show notes that I'll create at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 40, the number 40, and uh, that's where you can uh, find some of these things in case, again, you're out and about and uh, you want to be able to refer back to those. And Dr. Usman, thank you so much for being here with us, and uh, would you like to share your website so if people want to learn more about you, where they can find you as well?
1: Sure. Um, I work at True Health Medical Center, so it's truehealthmedical.com, um, in Naperville, Illinois, which is outside of Chicago. I also, because I'm very kind of OCD about the chemicals and additives and things, and my children have a lot of sensitivities, I opened a compounding pharmacy, uh, which I um, have had for a number of years. It's called Pure Compounding Pharmacy, and that's uh, purecompoundingpharmacy.com. and I also started a supplement company to kind of um, um, develop some of my ideas and products, and it's called True Health Naturals, and that's truehealthnaturals.com. So those are my three sites, and True Health Naturals has some articles on um, uh, things like uh, mitochondrial function and apraxia that are, that are interesting and new as well. So I okay. wanted to share that with you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. So the True Health Naturals is more of of various um, different things that a lot of kids with, of course, uh, with autism have the apraxia, the mitochondrial issues. Those are maybe uh, some background on those and then some supplements and things you've created for them where the pure compounding pharmacy is more for specific needs of of specific individuals of what's going on. And then you'll compound particulars for them. Correct, correct. Yeah. yeah. Compounding pharmacies are wonderful. I, I think that's uh that's great that you've you've created that. It's really uh helpful to be able to um have have some specifics created for your child um, rather than you know well, you know kind of a cookie cutter piece depending on what's going on and what the needs are and um I'm very much about that even even in my own program. It's there's you know, we know there are certain things that are foundational um you know that that have to happen no matter what and again with this healing the gut and the heavy metal detoxification. And clearing these co-infections, mold and Lyme and strep, which are so prevalent in our kids, and then brain support and repair. But um, but if you're able to along the way have uh, some other you know deep dive specifics, then um, that's wonderful for that too. So thank you so much for being here today with us, uh, Dr. Zman. I greatly appreciate your time and your expertise, and and being here with us today and sharing um, with the parents that uh, are here, being great parents, trying to just really looking for the resources they need to get their children the optimum results.
1: Thanks for having me, Karen. I really appreciate it. Um, I love talking to parents and I love educating families.
0: Yeah, it's very important. It's near and dear to my heart as well. And uh, it's important to help the people out there that that need the resources so that their kids can live the most healthy and fulfilling lives possible because they definitely deserve it. And uh, again, thank you for being here. And thank you for listening in today as well and being here uh, weekly with us on the show and getting the resources you need. And again, you can find the page you need at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 40 for today's show and have a great week. And I Look for